This is Interface, a podcast from SWGFL, one third of the UK's Safer Internet Centre. Welcome, it's good to have you with us. We are Ailish Hunter and Gareth Core, and this time we are talking digital leaders. Gareth, this is supporting children and young people to be decision makers and policy makers around online stuff. Is that it in a nutshell? Yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah, basically. So it's it's a term that's often used to refer to, to children and young people taking a, an active role in things. And it could be technology things. But of course, in this podcast, we're going to be steering towards more online safety stuff. And it's largely around peer-led things. So peer-led training, peer-led education and things of that nature. And we've got two brilliant guests with us on this podcast to talk us through it in more detail. My name is Danielle Anther. I am Programme Manager at Childnet. We are a charity that helps to make the internet a great and safe place for children and young people. I'm Tracy Good. Um, I'm the Chief iVenger, so I'm leader of the iVenger's Digital Leaders Programme. The online world needs heroes and it's all about us being heroes together. So welcome both. Welcome, Tracy. Welcome, Danielle. It's fantastic to have you on the on the podcast to talk about all things digital leader and, and peer-led education. I think the best place probably to start is to, to talk about both of your respective programmes so that people listening have an idea of, of the work that you do that involves young people and how they can take the lead in online safety. So shall we start with Tracy? Tra- Tracy, I know you've been battling through a cold recently as well, so... Uh, Feel free to keep it as brief or as detailed as you like, but could you tell us all about the iVengers, please? I will. Thank you, Gareth. Yes, I do sound a bit like Selma out The Simpsons today. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> so the iVengers programme, so we're a peer-led digital leaders programme, started out completely by accident in Derbyshire. A group of primary schools um, got some funding to deliver um, a project about sexting and nude and semi-nude images. We started off with a cohort of 26 schools funded by the Police and Crime Commissioner. Um, had a big, um, I guess, a big event at the end of the year to show all the work that we'd done. And the Police and Crime Commissioner said, this is amazing. We need to do this with every school across the city and the county. So uh, he then gave me funding and we rolled out a proper digital leaders programme across um, Derbyshire City and uh, Derbyshire County. We have an online portal. Students log in. They have a video tasks to complete uh, and special missions along the way. Uh, we have surveys. From the surveys, we pull out some really, really interesting data about what's going on inside our schools. And we develop tasks based around the issues that we're actually seeing in schools. We've just redeveloped everything so that we are about to launch iVenture Special Agents, which is specifically for special schools. And this looks at children who are um, non-verbal or those with real um, learning difficulties. And that's been rewritten by um, a head teacher of a, of a special school. And yeah, really excited to launch that because we know that our vulnerable children face even more risks online. So it, for me, it's really important to to not say, well, we just need to adapt. You need to just adapt that stuff that you're doing already. We needed something that was purpose made that was going to meet that that need. So from five to 18 year olds. So about to about to launch that as well. Currently got about 450 schools taking part in the Avengers program and looking to launch that right across the country. Amazing. Uh, going from Derby and Derbyshire then to, to something maybe a, bit, a little bit more UK ride already. Uh, Danielle, would you like to Tell us about the Digital Leaders Programme at ChildNet, please. 
Sure. So the ChildNet Digital Leaders Programme has been running since um, about 2015. Um, so it is a peer-to-peer -peer online training platform and it's run in schools and youth groups. All settings will recruit um, a team of digital leaders and they will work their way through our online training modules and um, go and share that learning with their peers, with their friends in their local school communities and um just local communities generally, actually. So the platform has um, really fun and interactive online training modules, each on a different aspect of online safety, covering things like personal information and um, safe relationships, things like that. The programme was born of what we were hearing from um, teachers and young people as well that we work with in the fact that they really wanted this way in which they could learn about online safety issues in a way that was interactive and fun, um, but also to really take that learning and share it in a really constructive and engaging way with their local communities and their friends. That sounds amazing. I wish I had something like this in school because I 100% I agree the whole interactive part would have made so much difference. I never got... I feel like I got some kind of online safety stuff in not even primary school. I wish it started then because that's when like Facebook and Snapchat and all these like big social media platforms are starting. We never got any of that. Maybe kind of high school, we got the talk of like, mm, careful what you send to someone on Snapchat. That was about it. <laughs> Whereas I like the idea of it being interactive and you actually rather just being spoken to by an adult for one assembly a year. What kind of activities does the Digital Leaders Programme have? What kind of things do young people get to do to actually interact and learn at the same time about this? The so all to do with the software that we use. You know, there's all kinds of different ways in which we are kind of really sharing that learning message and in really trying to ingrain that in young people's brains and and um, but not just that in terms of their behaviors and their attitudes as well so there's there's different uh, interactive activities like drag and drops and sliding scales and a different way they can kind of text inputs and um, there's also opportunities for discussion within the group I think we're quite fortunate in some of the software that we do have and that there is there's lots of variation and lots of um, opportunity for kind of different creative things you can do. And another reason why I really love the program is because much like uh, from what I've heard about Avengers that Tracy was saying, we are incredibly youth led. So a lot of our activities have come from what we've been hearing from young people um so we're currently for example uh, without making too many promises uh, looking at a choose your own adventure module uh, which will kind of take digital leaders down different paths depending on what choices they take there's kind of lots of lots of different things there and lots of opportunity for different things to do You've both talked about really fantastic numbers in terms of the amount of young people that have been trained and the number of schools engaging. What are the kind of tangible benefits, if you like, to schools and young people who do join these kind of programmes? Why, why are they seeing this as a really important and good thing to do? Well, one of the things that we've noticed with, with iVengers, and it's something that we see right across the country, I've been doing online safety now for about 15 years, we know that engaging parents is one of the hardest things, certainly schools in, in, in my area, are doing some really great work around online safety. Trying to engage parents and get parents to replicate that, that good work at home is incredibly difficult. 
So as part of the iVengers programme, each of the tasks that we set schools to do, there is a home school link. What we're wanting to do is use the voice of the child to engage parents so that parents know whereabouts to go for extra help, support and advice. As part of the survey, parents overwhelmingly said, if I've got a problem with anything to do with online, school is the place that I'm going to go to. And what we're wanting to do is try and give parents those skills so they're not so reliant on schools. One of the secondary schools that I work with said, if we took away the online environment, 80% our, our safeguarding uh, referrals would go down by around 80%. That is huge. That is absolutely huge. So if we can do more to engage parents so that they've got the skills, the knowledge, the confidence to deal with stuff, then that, that's got to be a win-win. So one of the things that we do is we look at the survey data, we look at what the most popular apps and games might be for that particular school. Then their iVengers make a video about it. And we always look at the positives because children being online is a positive thing. You know, we're really clear about that. But we know that there are risks as well. So we get them to make a video, positives, um, risks and parental engagement parental controls, all of that sort of information, that's then shared with home. But because it's coming from the children, the parents are far more likely to watch it. So it's like, how do we hook in those parents? How do we get them to engage with this world? So each of the tasks that we do has that home school link. So for schools, they're going, actually, we're, we're educating parents, we're educating our students, and hopefully we're reducing the number of parents that come into us for advice and support which frees apartheid. Yeah, so there's a wonderful irony, isn't there, about children teaching parents about parental controls? <laughs> <laughs> which you know, is funny. When I've done online safety, because I do do parents' work workshops as well, it's really hard to get parents in. And sometimes, you know, you'll be canvassing parents outside and you'll always get the parents to go, I don't need to know about that. My child's told me everything that I need to know about parental controls. One of the stats that we got from the iVengers survey was, we asked children, do you know how to get around the parental controls on your devices? 48% of children said no. <laughs> right. So that's 52% that said, I know to, how to get around all of them, some of them, or there are no. And, and so we, we've done loads of follow up work, obviously, on the back of this, we've gone into schools. How are you getting around it? Oh, well, I just add my fingerprint as one that can open the device and then I can override all the controls or the, the passcode is is the same number as it's usually my mum as my mum's credit card. So, <laughs> so children know how to how to bypass all this stuff. And it's like and parents, you tell parents that and they go, Oh, well, I never knew that. And it's like, hmm. See, hundred percent. I think my mum's way to get around it was just turn the Wi-Fi off and then my brother was just like, just turn it back on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is easy. But that was like all she could think of. There was no like, oh, I've set up this safeguarding or this control or anything like that so 100% I feel like it I feel like it must sound difficult to teach other parents how to almost parent their kids but I guess if kids are the ones teaching them they're far more likely to listen and also if you if your kid comes to you with a project be like I did this film and it will teach you so much and they'll be like oh wow so proud but also that's actually quite helpful do you have any more tips <laughs> anything yeah. else you could teach me it's really great actually Tracy to hear your experience in in kind of really getting through to to parents and um, because it's something that we've struggled with as an organization and something that we know that teachers and schools also really struggle with one really tangible benefit that we hear about over and over again is how the program or young people taking part in the program 
is it gives them a vocabulary to then go and have and open up those conversations with the adults in their lives, with their parents, their carers, their teachers. They do want to really help and support and show, you know, their their parents and carers what it is that they're doing online. It's that acknowledging that this is an area that children are passionate about. It's an area that children know a lot about. Obviously, they don't inherently know how to keep themselves safe. As adults, that's that's our role to help them, support them with that. But for them to be able to showcase their skills, their knowledge, their enthusiasm, it's quite liberating for young people to be in that position where they can go, actually, I'm the one that's in charge here. I'm the one that's passing on this information. It is amazing to give young people that voice and allow them to, to be the ones that teach the adults. Definitely. And I think one of the more kind of unanticipated benefits that we've seen with the Digital Leaders Programme has been around that confidence. It's something that we hear again and again and again about how, you know, the the quieter students, unassuming students will suddenly become much more present across all of their lessons in in a school. And that's something I actually really like about the programme. You know, it gives those other students who you know, who perhaps aren't so strong in, in those areas that might be more celebrated, like, you know, sort of academia or the arts or sport. It gives those other students a real opportunity to be seen in their school communities. Absolutely. One of the schools that I work with, they're just fabulous. And they, they're, they're last year's cohort of Avengers. They had, I think they had seven or eight in total. I can't remember the, the actual number, but I know that three of those children were on the school's mental health pathway. And two of the children had recently been bereaved, they'd lost parents. And Billy, who who leads their, their programme, was, you just cannot imagine the difference that this has made to these children, they've all of them, each and every one have got other skills out of it. You know, they've become more confident, they've become happier. And it does have this impact on young people that you just really don't expect. It's really quite moving when when you speak to schools and you say the difference that you've made or that we've made to to this child's life is is huge. We've also had other kind of um, unexpected benefits in terms of behaviour as well, which was something that we we really, that was something completely unanticipated. Also in terms of leadership skills as well and, you know, planning a piece of work. It's it's wonderful for for the young people to kind of really take ownership of something. Um, Something else as well, and I don't know if you found this, Tracy. So the Digital Leaders Programme, it it runs across, it can run across school years if, if a school chooses to run it that way. And we've had so many reports of digital leaders, you know, seeing, you know, meeting people and talking to people and developing relationships with young people in other year groups that they ordinarily would have had absolutely no interaction with whatsoever. And that's been that's really, really lovely to see. It's brilliant hearing you talk about how some kids who you don't normally suspect to join these kind of clubs flourish in them. How do you get the harder to reach young people to engage? How do you start that? How do you start building the confidence and actually get them to want to be a part of this? So that's a really great question and one that we are still thinking about and wanting to really challenge ourselves. We do absolutely want to reach those harder to reach communities. 
it's something that we always as an organization strive to address so we did have a program uh, a few a couple of years ago called uh, digital leaders plus which was funded by nominate and it was getting the program into 60 schools in the 30 most deprived areas of the uk um and yeah it is something that we we really, really fight for and is high on our agenda to continue to, to push and yeah, to, to do the best we can absolutely do. Amazing. It's encouraging to hear you actually are trying. Is it harder to engage high school students over primary school students? I think so. Yes. You're a teenager, you're starting to become a bit self-conscious, you know, you might not want to necessarily speak in front of a, an assembly or draw attention to yourself. A- Ailish, do you think do you think you would have mm. wanted to have done this when you were still at secondary school? Was this the kind of thing you would have you would have gone for or would you have seen it as not not your thing or for others or I think if I was in early high school, maybe, yeah. But I think later high school, I feel like I would have got to the point that I know everything about the internet. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm a pro at this. Like I know what I'm doing. I've changed the passwords and I know which websites to avoid. But I feel like early high school, I definitely would have been more likely to engage in this program 100%. But I do feel like once you get to the like, 15 you're just like I know everything I'm I'm who needs a club but and it's difficult because it's just as important you think you know everything at like 15 16 about the internet because you've been on your phone for ages for years but if anything you'd need more engagement at that age because that's where you start really like using social media and all these different other apps you do need a lot more education and engagement for so I I'm with you, Danielle. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one to engage young people because we're all so stubborn (laughs) and awkward. This is Interface, a podcast for educators about digital and online life from the Southwest Grid for Learning. We'll be back soon with more on digital leaders with Danielle Antha and Tracy Good. The Interface podcast is all about keeping children, young people and education communities safe, happy and confident in everything relating to technology and online life. And the other thing to know is that SWGFL, the people behind Interface, have a whole host of support, tools and resources. We also have a number of helplines available. One of these is Posh, the Professionals Online Safety Helpline, which is open to any educators and professionals who need support with an online safety issue. Give us a call. Thanks, Jess. And not only that, schools and other organisations can download the Report Harmful Content button to add to their website to support any user over the age of 13 in reporting anything they experience online that they find harmful or worrying. Also, take a look at our 360-degree safe tools. These tools support a comprehensive, whole-school approach to online safety. There's also Project Evolve, an educational toolkit to support digital competency in children and young people. There is a lot available, and it's free free is always good and you're right jess it is a lot and i appreciate it's a lot for you to take in listening like this so don't worry if you've been scrabbling around for a pen or you're not sure where the pause or rewind buttons are you can find all of this information online at swgfl.org.uk and you can also find us on twitter and instagram with the handle at swgfl underscore official also we've put all the links you need in the show notes for the interface series that you'll find in your podcast player
welcome back. This is Ailish Hunter here with Gareth Court. Back to our conversation with Daniel Antha from Childnet and Chief Ivenger Tracy Good. The other thing I wanted to ask, because Digital Leaders at Childnet has been going for long enough now, are you getting to the point where you need like some kind of alumni society for the ones that are passed out the other side you know still because i imagine because yeah, i've i've met them over the years as well they, they they love it so much that even if they're not still kind of an active digital leader in inverted commas they still kind of like being a part of it don't they do, do you need some kind of alumni club or something <laughs> funny you should say that gareth uh, ah. so again i don't want to make any promises but yeah that is something that has been kind of on our radars for a really long time because we have worked with such incredible young people who have gone on to do amazing things and they always asking us about keeping in touch and what more they can do uh, yeah so it is it's definitely something that is in discussion fantastic Ooh, that sounds interesting yeah <laughs> i have to say as well my experience is very similar to danielle's in that um trying to engage secondary pupils is really really difficult certainly with the ivengers program it's very much aimed at primaries you know the whole branding around it is is very primary and in fact just yesterday i had a call from a secondary school saying we want to we want we want to develop a digital leaders program in school, and I was I was thinking, is that even somewhere that I want to go? I might send them to you, Danielle. I'll send them to you. Yeah, do um, <laughs> please do. <yeah. laughs> and I was like, you know, actually, you'll probably have a lot of iVengers that have come through over the last two years. So in your year seven and eight, so identify those that have already done done the role in primary school and have now moved up to your secondary. But I think, I mean, personally for me, I think engaging secondaries it is hard. And the same as Danielle has said, it's it's at key stage three. You know, above that is it's hard. It's hard to engage older teams. I guess that's one of the main benefits as well, both programs, isn't it? Is that emphasis on being peer led. It is more interesting to hear from your friends and people in a similar year group to you about about these things, rather than hearing from you know some old fogey like me coming in and talking about these things every once in a while. It's it's it feels fresher and it feels more more relevant probably. It does because you know they're, they're using the same platforms, they're using the same games, they're having the exact same experiences. I mean, Ailish, I don't know if you know if, if peer to peer would have been something that would have been really helpful for you. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And I feel like also if it's peer to peer and you're like you said, Tracy, your program, you focusing on issues specific to schools. So if it's like an interest that I'm that I'm interested in, that I would actually want to be involved in, I'd love to hear from someone my age or someone in my school or my friend group be just as involved or interested in it to talk to and have those conversations about 100%. Yeah, absolutely. It's about it being relevant, isn't it? If if it touches your life in a positive way, then yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in on that. I wasn't trying to make out that I was irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) Yet, yet. Um, Staying up with meme culture is hard work. Um, (laughs) I was was going to ask as well, um, because of the natures and we know, you know, Tracy and Danielle both working in this area, we know that the moment you start talking about life online, both good, bad and ugly, you know, things come out the woodwork, disclosures are made, things like that. What what kind of provision do you make around sort of safeguarding, both to support those young people who might be digital leaders who have to take a disclosure from another young person, but also, you know, sort of the, the types of things that come out of this anyway, just as a, a matter of course? I guess because I've worked in safeguarding for so long, and that's very much my background is, is safeguarding. Um, I don't encourage young people to make disclosures to other young people. I think that can be quite, I think 
it can be quite damaging. It's it's not good for the person who's making the disclosure. It's not good for the young person who's having to deal with it. So for me, we encourage that our digital leaders, young people can go to them and say, I've got a, I've got a concern. Would you help me talk to an adult about that? And, and so that's how we do. That's how we kind of do that. On the survey that we do, it's anonymous. So this year, so between February and May, we had just over 6,000 responses from children and young people on the survey. We asked children to identify which school they attend, which year group they're in, and whether they identify as male, female, or would rather not say. So at least we can kind of whittle down whereabouts people come from. So one of the questions that we ask is, have you ever seen anything online that's made you feel sad, scared, worried or upset? If yes, would you like to explain what it was? Um, and we get a, we get a lot of issues coming through. Now, most of them are with classes, lower level safeguarding. Some of them are significant. So we've had children who said, I've watched live streamed suicides. Um, I've watched beheading videos. I'm being groomed online. So these things do come through. We have identified 100 percent of the children that came came back with with safeguarding concerns like that and were able to give them good and appropriate support. I think we're quite lucky being funded by the police and crime commissioner and the local councils in that we we also have access then to all of the support within children's services, so um, early help services, uh, children's social care and the police with the cyber choices programme and that sort of thing. So we, we can we can signpost children on or signpost families on to get the appropriate advice and support that they need. And there's been numerous times when I've made contact with a family and said, right, well, let's have a look at how we how we do this better, safer, how you use parental controls, how you set up devices in a more safe and careful way and signposting them onto places like Internet Matters that have got such easy to follow guidance about how to do these things. So making sure that we're supporting um, parents, but most importantly, supporting children and young people along the way. We know that they're seeing inappropriate stuff. We need to make sure that that when they disclose that to us, that they're getting appropriate support. Great. Th- thanks so much for explaining that. It really sort of helps to understand the process. I guess same kind of question to you, Danielle, but given that, that the iVengers program is more primary focused, I don't know if these issues become more complicated at secondary for those kind of digital leaders. Yeah, I mean, to be completely frank, we haven't really received a lot of those kinds of more serious complaints. We do have, um, as part of our evaluation survey, 50% of teachers did report that that pupils um, have been more likely to speak up about safeguarding disclosures due to their participation in the programme. So it's fantastic that the programme is impacting schools in that way. Brilliant. Speaking of teachers, I know this both programmes seem brilliant tools for young people. How do teachers find it? I'm, I'm assuming they think it's just as useful, not just to educate themselves, but also seeing young people engage and be interested in something that is probably hard enough to teach to kids anyway, but getting them to want to do it is probably brilliant for teachers and educators. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly from my perspective, the quality of the iVengers programme in school is often led by the quality of the enthusiasm of the teacher that's leading it in school. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's, it is mainly child-led and we'll find that, that that our children, young people, they will just go off and do whatever it is that they want to do. And we just have those um, those teachers to, to keep things on track. 
it's it's my it's my opinion that if if staff don't understand current risk if they don't understand what young people are doing online it's really hard for them to support young people through this process while whilst we're trying to make resources to share with with parents or whatever if the staff don't understand that then we, we can't be as effective as, as we possibly could be so we always start off with training for for staff training for iVengers um, and we kind of work through it that way so so the digital leaders program we don't specifically train up teachers as part of the program um, but Childnet do offer other training for um, educators as part of its kind of wider offer um, I think one impact that we're definitely hearing from teachers at the time is just how much they enjoy it like just how much they really like it you know you've got a group of young people that are really engaged and really excited to be doing this and that's really infectious I think for the, for the teacher um, and you know they're they're so proud of their digital leaders you know when they particularly when they run like a whole school activity like an assembly or something like that so yeah we've had lots of reports of how much they value seeing you know the growth of of the young people they're working with amazing i think we're pretty much running close to time now because we've asked quite a lot of questions you've told us loads and, and poor tracy's voice must be getting worn out but i want to ask one final question because i'm always curious about these things i love like a good anecdote or a good example uh for both of you what is like the the best or the most creative activity or output that any of your iVengers or digital leaders have ever have ever done what's what's the one that's really kind of grabbed you and you go wow i never would have thought of that Ooh, 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 pick me, pick me. <laughs> go on then, Tracy, you can go first. Uh, so one of my group of iVengers, they came up with, it, it wasn't actually one of the tasks that we'd set. They, they, they'd busted all of the tasks that we'd done and were keen for more. So they made their own task. And it was a video all about phishing and scams and all that sort of thing. They sent it to me and it was it was so funny. It was just so humorous. Somehow the BBC picked it up, Brilliant. and yeah, they were, and so like it was, it was local BBC, BBC Derby. One of their reporters got in touch and went, "We want to come into the school and and interview these children." Do you think they would? I was like, they would love that. So we ended up with a, a twenty-five minute slot on BBC Politics East Midlands, where they interviewed the iVengers parents, staff at the schools, and it all sprung from one little video which was just it just hit all the right notes I was so proud they make me cry on a regular basis <laughs> I was you know when you kind of like go boom they've nailed it they've absolutely nailed this they were amazing absolutely amazing that, that is amazing mm. uh Danielle top that no I'm joking just <laughs> one of one of, the, one of the best examples that you can think of I know there's probably many so there are quite a few and I, I feel in some ways I feel a bit guilty just kind of picking out just one. But I think one example that really, really stood out was um, a school visited their local uh, pupil referral unit and took um, a lot of their learnings from digital leaders program to to the young people there to try and encourage them to, to have a safer time online. And I thought that was that was just, yeah, really awesome. A really fantastic way of reaching kind of those vulnerable communities as well. Really great work. Amazing. That is amazing. What a fantastic way to, to affect communities offline as well as online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely deserves a round of applause. <laughs> 
Danielle and Tracy, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you today. Thank you so much for sharing all your, your insights and your experiences from your programs. Um, and I wish them every success for the future as well. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great to speak to everyone. Huge thanks to Danielle and Tracy for taking the time to chat today. So, Gareth, what are we thinking are the main things people should take from this episode today? Gosh, hopefully lots of things, Ailish. Um, I, I definitely took a few things. I think one of the interesting things I thought was that they both started from very different points. You know, I then just started in response to things that were happening in schools in Derby. Childnet had had carefully planned out the reasons why they wanted a digital leaders program for peer education. And yet they've, they've kind of ended up meeting a little bit like in the same point, haven't they? They seem to yeah. do so, some very similar things, although still being very distinct. And I, I thought that was really nice. They've taken different journeys, but got to the same path. And I think it kind of shows that there's, there's no sort of one way of having digital leaders or, you know, peer-led education in your school. There's lots of approaches and they can all bring loads and loads of benefits. Um, what, what did you kind of know? What was kind of the thing you found most interesting about these? Mine's kind of similar. It was the fact that because it, it's peer-led and it's youth-led, it's children are essentially teaching their parents about these sort of things, which is such a unique way to tackle this issue because... So many times you've had teachers talk to uh, parents and adults talk to adults, but now that it's involving children and young people as the main focus, they're the ones who get to lead it and they're the ones who get to teach the parents, which is kind of funny when you think about it, sitting your parents down and being like, right, this is the lesson plan for today, guys. But it's a much better way to approach it than the bog standard, what we've been doing for years, and it's just clearly not working as well. So I think it's very refreshing to see young people take control and charge of this yeah i, I agree definitely and it, it, it does make me chuckle thinking, thinking about these children that would sit down with their parents and go well here's the thing that you press to stop me from buying stuff mm-hmm. all the time and here's the thing you need to press to this stop is me. where you report something if you see something bad <laughs> <laughs> definitely but but i like that because because i think that's always been the case for a long time online isn't it is that that children's technical skills or the understanding of where to find these buttons and how they work and stuff has has for a long time been advanced of their of their parents or carers but actually parents still play such an important role in terms of talking about people and their behavior Mm -hmm. and how that kind of presents and you know how to know what to maybe sometimes do in different situations because because you know report buttons and and help and settings all those kind of things are great Mm -hmm. when they work but they don't work in all situations sometimes you have to you have to kind of learn some skills to get yourself out of tricky situations or to help other people get out of tricky situations too so so I like the fact that there's kind of there's just more opportunity to have those discussions I think getting children at the forefront that's great definitely perfect the other thing that's really great about it is that you can get children involved that you wouldn't naturally say is like your your first go-to children in school because you know yeah teachers sometimes think about the, the most confident ones or the most engaged mm-hmm. ones and actually these these programs are great opportunity for other children to flourish and to show off their skills and to excel in, in different ways as well so i think that's a really great thing yeah definitely the use skills that you don't always think of it's not always like you need someone who can stand up in front of assembly and chat to a room full of people you need the other skills of whether it's film or if it's creative skills and all these different ones that you wouldn't always suspect that you get to merge everyone together in one big group that you don't always suspect of people to come together and work I think that's really really nice to hear and I like this whole aspect of the fact that it's teams you know it's not individual digital leaders mm-hmm. being that that person that can stand up and speak you know you might have a team where one person's really great at communicating presenting but someone else over here is really fantastic at you know sort of developing uh, information and advice through art and another one over here mm-hmm. is really good at like the technical side of things and so you've got all these kind of complementary skills from different people I think that's great definitely 
I really hope this episode of Interface has been useful today. Thanks so much for being with us. And thanks again, of course, to Danielle and Tracy and Gareth. That's it for another edition of Interface. You will always find links in the show notes of these episodes to learn more about each topic. And please subscribe on your favourite podcast app so episodes are automatically downloaded to your device when they're released. And please also recommend us to a friend or a fellow teacher who you think would enjoy this podcast. You can find us on social media at SWGFL underscore official on both X or Twitter as it used to be called and Instagram. Interface is a podcast series from SWGFL, part of the UK Safer Internet Centre. It's produced by Dave Howard, with sound design by Joel Cox, and original music from Alex Fraser. It's a bespoken media production.